Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Mental Edge Training Coach Podcast. I'm excited to be with you here today. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I started a new Facebook group. I've had the intention of really talking to, I guess you could say, I want to talk to parents. A lot of parents hired me to work with their athletes. And along with that come some ideas from the parents on, hey, we're struggling with this or that. Can you help me out? Can you help my athlete out? But I want to take that a step further because I also get a sense of parents are at times struggling with their relationship with their athlete. Sometimes there's tension within the athlete. And that, of course, can bring some tension within the relationship, even as a marriage, right? Now, of course, I'm not a marriage counselor, a therapist or anything like that, but I definitely have done some coaching, talking to a husband, talking to a wife and getting them with the thoughts and ideas of how can I manage my expectations as a parent with my athlete as they're going through this whole process. So I've started the Mental Edge Parents Facebook group. So if you would love to join that, I'd love to have you come on board. Just go to Facebook, search Mental Edge Parents. And I'm planning on doing live bi-weekly calls for parents. So you can come on and uh, ask your question. It's basically a place for you to get coached and ask your questions. I'm going to likely bring on some other parents that have gone through different situations that they're willing to share and just create a cool little community of being able to get coached as well as sharing those experiences and helping out other parents. And so enjoy this call. This is really week two of the Mental Edge Parents call. Um, We're having an awesome conversation with my good buddy, Mike Roderick and Ron out in Pittsburgh. So enjoy this conversation with those guys. Tell us about your kids, kind of their ages. You coach them for a little while and maybe some of your experiences that you've gone through with them. I have, I have four, I have six kids, but I have four that have played sports. And our, the oldest one of those is our daughter, Whitney, who is now 20 years old, but she played, she did rec league softball and then ended up making her high school team. Unfortunately, it was the year that COVID hit. So right before she was supposed to play her first game that got, that shut that down. So she never got to to get on the yard, as they say, as a high school player. But she did make the team, which was really impressive because she had never played uh, any club ball. Um, she'd only played a couple of seasons of fast pitch softball, actually through a lot of your coaching, Chad, hitting coaching and stuff. And then some of the stuff that I was able to, to teach her in terms of making the team, things that you would coach me on. My son, Jack, played rec league, little league for, geez, between spring and, and winter ball or fall ball probably like a total of like 12 or 13 seasons split between those two seasons. Our daughter Addie has played a couple of seasons of rec league softball. And then our son, Sean, I've coached him as well in, in the, the rec league, little leagues. Um, but I remember when my oldest son first started playing baseball, he actually played one season and then didn't want to go back because there was a, like an assistant coach. It was just a real jerk face and he made it very, it was all about winning and getting mad at these kids if they didn't hit and everything, just yelling at kids and he just didn't want to go back. And that's when I thought I'll step up and try coaching. And I remember Chad was like, hold on, buddy, (laughs) before and coached me up. And it took, took me a couple of seasons of doing that to really learn how to, with my own son and with the other kids, manage expectations and manage feelings. Kids get out there. We definitely, 
we all were we were brought up in i've joked i don't even remember getting like a water break and now <laughs> half the time coaching is spent telling kids to hydrate it's been but it's been really eye-opening for me to learn how to manage just my own emotion my own emotional response and stuff chad's been super helpful with that whereas chad specializes in coaching student athletes and i'm sitting here telling him man you should be coaching their parents and their coaches because you've helped me regulate my own emotions and stuff and it's very interesting when you hear when you have a guy that played at the highest level of of his sport professionally who is telling yeah i don't i'm not yelling throw strikes to every pitcher and move up in the box move back in the box that's not and it's man maybe we should be listening to what the the big leaguer does instead of our own instincts as parents and now what's funny is and i talk to chat about this all the time is you're at games whether it's your own kid or your, your your friend's kids playing your coach and whatever it is. And I'm sure you guys, you have the same experience, Ron, is you start paying attention to the way other people are acting at the field. My first thing is sometimes I'm like so embarrassed because I'm like, oh, I used to act like that. <laughs> and then the next part of me is like, oh man, he's going to ruin that for his kid or her kid or whatever. So anyway, that's a little brief background on me, but that's how I came to be in this group. Yeah, when, Mike, when you were, we're going back years, right? When yeah. you started going with your kids and maybe take us back to those first experiences that you had where you just said, oh, I, I was that dad. Can you elaborate on that? What does that mean? For sure, my ego had a big, I'm going to move this camera over. My ego had a big, played a big part in that. When your kid gets up to the box or let me even go back further, like even just trying to play catch with my son early on and get your glove up. And I was not, I wasn't nice at all. I, I was yelling at him and boy, there's times I, my son now he's 17 years old, six foot two, almost three and 210 pounds. And I'm like, man, I'm glad he forgives me for that. Cause he pounded <laughs> me. But, but I go back to that and I go, what I wanted was for my son to have a fantastic experience playing the sport. I wanted him to get a hit and make the catches and do all the stuff. And, but I wanted it more than he wanted it. And, a lot of, and I had to learn to encourage him and to not make it about me, I think was the biggest, that's my number one takeaway. I would tell people to stop trying to make it about you. It's not about you. And we do that. And I see it. I see these parents after the game and the kids are loading up in the car and the dad is just, I can't believe when that ball and you didn't have your glove down. And I'm like, man, that was 30 minutes ago. Like these are their kids. You can't keep dwelling on that. Go if that, okay. If you miss that grounder when he's playing shortstop, cool. Now go out, take time after when you get off work and you get home and throw grounders to him work on that with him, encourage him, cultivate that. But don't, we're like mad at the kids. So that was my first step in learning that it wasn't about me. And then when I started, when I got into the coaching aspect of it, and I, and I really started to develop that, this isn't about me, this is about them and making sure that they had a quality experience. And I, I tell all the kids throughout the season when I coach is that my goal yeah, hey, it's great if we can hoist that trophy up at the end of the season. But my bigger goal is that at the end of the season, you want to sign up for the next sport. 
even if it's not baseball, I love baseball, but even if they want to go play basketball, they want, I don't want, I don't ever want to be the reason why some kids like I'm never playing sports again. Coaches are jerks. And we all have those coaches and we know people who quit playing because of those coaches. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. Like the word that stood out to me is ego, right? Uh So we, we all have our egos, right? That's just part of our human experience. But what do you think it is like in as open and frankness as you want to be? Like, where do we come from? Like with our egos, is it, do we not <clears throat> see our kids fail and we have to tell them everything when what we feel at the right moment? I think we don't, I think it's two, two things. Our ego is we're afraid of what the other parents are going to think of us. If our kid misses and listen, my, my son played his last, basketball game of the season u12 so these are all 10 and 11 year old kids and he took three shots in that game and i think the entire rest of the season i think he took one shot so yesterday he took three shots nowhere near the basket and i couldn't have been prouder of him Mm -hmm. take the shot you're never going to get you're never going to learn to hit the rim and then get the ball in the hoop if you're not taking the shots i even told him i told him i'd buy him an ice cream if he got a foul because he was afraid to mix it up. He was afraid to get in there. He thought he was going to get in trouble if he got the foul. And I'm like, no, man, that's the rubbing's racing. That's part of the game. So I think that's the first part is parents where we fear what the other parents will think of us if our kid isn't awesome. The other thing is, is I think we, I think it's a trauma response in ourselves where we remember striking out. We remember missing the shot. We remember our friends being disappointed and shaking their heads. Maybe we remember our own dad or mom sitting in the stands being unhappy with us. And we don't want our kids to ever feel that stress, that anxiety, that fear, that disappointment. And so if we can somehow make sure that they never strike out because we made sure to move them up or back in the box or told them how to swing and blah, blah, blah. Like somehow we're going to make it so they never feel that pain and that disappointment and anxiety of striking out or missing the catch or whatever it is that will save them. Mm -hmm. And Quite frankly, we're rob- when we do that, we're robbing them of that experience. We're robbing them of something that sometimes you got to sit in the suck and go, man, that sucked, but I'm going to work harder. And I-, I heard something a while back by a radio host that I like, a podcaster that I like, and he said, one of his things he says is he had a football coach growing up that said, don't get mad. Like when the coach is on, you don't get mad, get better. And I go, yeah. So I tell that to the kids, hey, you strike out, don't get mad. Go in the dugout, think about it. Play it back through your head. Where'd you go wrong? Get better. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. It's, so it's, I talk a lot about the building, the resiliency of our kids. Mm-hmm. So if I like the, how you worded that, like we're robbing them of basically learning how to fail. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, especially baseball, right? If our kids are hitters, right. We know how the failure rate is just so high and they're, they're going to fail a lot. And it is. It's it may, I think the trauma response is on point there with we're so afraid of our kid feel, feeling all that fear, all that anxiety, all the worry, thinking like heaven forbid they think that they suck mm-hmm. at something. And, and we and so we ourselves as parents, we're like, I can't let him feel that. I don't mm-hmm. want him to feel that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we want to like somehow we're going to save them from that. And the fact of the matter is that there, we, A, we send our kids to school, whether it's private school, public school, whatever. So we got a minimum of seven hours a day that they are not in our grasp. 
and they're going to feel they're going to they're going to get kicked in the stomach they're going to get kicked in the good sometimes and if if they're not if they're not seeing us teach and cultivate that in them that hey it's okay it's okay to fail it's okay to strike out but i even say like I, when i coach these kids and i'm not a club coach i'm not at some high level or whatever but I see a kid coming back, they've struck out. And I tell them, Put, pick your head up, man. You're standing in that box getting a, a projectile thrown at you at 55, 60 miles an hour. That takes guts. Hold your head up high. Walk back in that dugout. And don't be disappointed. Just figure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So we, we had a discussion last night as I was at this 9U game. So I have five hitting clients. They're all, I happen to all be on the same team, which is ironic. But there was just an individual dad who his son was pitching and in the warmups, he wasn't even close to the fence during the game at all. All of a sudden son comes in to pitch. He's right up on the fence right here and just barking instructions after each pitch in the warmup. And, and this is a 10, 10 U and the kid looked like he knew he didn't have the greatest like mobility and arm action and all that. So he was pretty stiff and everything. But the point is dad had to say something after every pitch in the warmup. And I'm watching the dad, I'm watching the kid, like just observing. And the kid is just, he catches the ball. He just throws it again. And so you just see his annoyance. So Mike, you said ego, right? So I thought of that too. I'm like, I was almost, I was more fascinated. I'm like, I wonder what's going on in his mind that he just has to go up there and say something after every pitch. So then that proceeded into the game, of course, of what we always hear. Hey, throw strikes, just throw mm -hmm. strikes. And he, he probably said it five times within the two innings that the kid pitched. And I, I always think of bench warmers where you say, hey, just throw a strike. Oh, you're a wonderful coach. I never thought that. <laughs> every kid knows that's the goal. The kid is trying to throw strikes. I don't know any kid who is not trying to do that. Let's just stop with that. That That's one saying. I, I literally read something today online. It was like the, the top five worst sayings that parents can say. And that was number one. Just throw strikes. So we, we've heard that for a long time, and, but it's we just have to do it. Then this kid, same kid, proceeded to get up to hit. There was a left-handed pitcher throwing. Kid was throwing pretty slow. And so dad's up on the fence like, hey, you got to get way up in the box. It's far up as, as you can. <laughs> and he's okay. He gave him like the okay. I got this. And then he's taking his practice swing and dad didn't like the practice swing. So he's, hey, you got to focus. Like if you're going to do it right. But it's just like oh my gosh. It's the tone. It's, and it's this energy and this kid's nine, he's 10. He feels all this. He's leave me alone. Let me play. And I don't know. It's, I feel bad for the kid. I feel in those situations. And I happened to talk to another mom that was on the team and, and observing and watching and they, they know because they work with me and they're like, see what's happening here. And like, he's the dad you need to talk to. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. When, but it's just, I, I feel bad for the kid. I feel, I, I don't understand it in regards to what's going on in your brain that you think you need to go instruct your kid every single pitch. You're, you just can't see him fail, right? I think that's yeah. some story with that within that. The crazy thing about that too, and again, something I tell, I, I have this unpopular conversation with my players is like, hey guys, 
no one on this field will probably ever step foot on a major league baseball field as a player. But you're all going to grow up and be fathers and husbands and you're going to you're going to have jobs you're going to be construction workers you're going to be doctors lawyers accountants sales reps or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you're going to take these skills this teamwork and the and your mental part of this game with you into that and on that note I, i've made the throw strikes analogy i'm a salesman by trade and i laugh like their sales manager ron i don't know what you do for a living but i'm sure that you've seen in the world out there, management where they're they're giving you coaching that is the equivalent of throw strikes. I'm a sales guy, so sales manager. You just need to make more calls. You just need to. <laughs> it's a numbers game. It's the equivalent of throw strikes. I'm like, oh, is that it? Do so. Just sell more is what you're telling me. And what you're really looking for is you're looking for someone to really analyze when a kid's up there on the mound. And they pitch an inning, and maybe it wasn't a highly successful inning. It was a rough inning. Yelling at young throw strikes at him is not helping. But coming off the mound and going, hey, you know what we got to work on is your release. What I'm You got great form, but you're releasing the ball too early, too late, on the side, whatever it is. We're going to work on that. We're going to fix that up for you, man. Next game, you're going to be... You're going to be throwing them right down the pocket. And, and, and instead of every single movement, throw strikes, move up, move back, it's more of a analyze the whole the whole kit and caboodle there. And also, sometimes a kid just had a bad day. He's not in the game. His head's not in the game. And yelling throw strikes isn't helping. And again, so then you go into the real world with that nonsense, and those same people are taking that same mentality and throwing that same junk at everybody. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Ron, what are your thoughts? Have you In all your years of – did you coach Jonah growing up and anything like that? Yeah, I coached uh, two years very early on, though. I think he was nine and 10 or something like that. And then I stepped aside from the coaching and I tried not to, I never yell anything out in the field, ever, never. If I see something I need to talk to him about, we talk after we get home. I don't even talk, I don't even talk in the way home anymore. Right. I try to, because it's, you're not in the listening mode after a game, I don't think, anyway. So our little joke is our, you get a hit, I'll buy you an ice cream. <laughs> he laughs. That's like yeah. our little joke. But it's, yeah, I never, ever talk to him. I'll compliment him on the ride home. I'll say, boy, that was, that was a great hit. Or, boy, that was a super pitching outing. But I will never criticize him on the way home. But I will keep it in the back of my mind, and I'll address it a couple of days later. Right. When it, the heat of the, the game isn't on, like right after the heat of the game. Because I don't think anybody's in listening mode after you either strike out two, three times in a game or you don't have a great pitching outing or I just think you're not in the listening mode. Yeah. Anyway. You, you, yeah. Your defenses are up and it's a, I, I'm still trying to process how bad I suck today by failure. I don't and need you to force they, it. <laughs> and they've already heard it from their coach. Right. There's the team meeting afterwards. And unless coaches don't high school, they might like single you out a little bit. Like, but typically they're when they're trying to talk to one person, they're talking to the whole crew and trying to get their message, but it's going to that kid. But yeah, the the defenses are up. They're not willing to listen. And so it just, of course, the message goes on deaf ears. Right. Mike, will you say something? I was going to say, it's funny if watch, watch uh, pro or even college sports. 
there's always the post-game press conference. And I've long thought, I go, so you take guys that just lost the Super Bowl or even just a game, just a regular game. And it's, so what happened out there? And I remember I was, I'm an old school Utah jazz fan being from that area. I used to love coach Jerry Sloan because he would say, what happened out there? He'd go, we didn't score as many baskets as the other team. Next. <laughs> like they, they were, they're in no mood to, and I, and in that same tone, they here's these pro athletes getting, a coach is getting a microphone shoved in front of their face. What happened out there? What happened out there? And then, you, and these, so they're at the high level. Like they, they know that they're going to have to sit at that table with the microphone and answer the questions and behave themselves for 10 minutes. And then they go to the locker room and explode. But I go, if those guys have a hard time, but how, how are kids supposed to, that's the post-game interview. I just had a rough game. And now we're going to sit in the SUV with my pissed off dad for a 30 minute ride home while dad goes, what happened out there? How come he didn't throw strikes? That's not, that's, it just, and again, go back to being adults and being in the corporate world. If I have a bad month, I don't want to, I want a manager that goes, all right, let's pick you up and let's get you going so the next month doesn't suck. I don't want a manager that sits there and goes, I noticed that on uh, day seven of the month that you, you, your phone didn't ring or it's no, man, I don't want to hear that. I want to be encouraging and helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and is there ever really, when you're criticizing your kid, are you giving them a solution? And how do you know is your solution right? Especially right. if you don't have much ex playing experience, are you just going off of, is it a personal thought and feeling about it? Now, and I will say this, I think every parent has good intentions. Like we're all trying to- I hope so. We're, try all, we're all trying to do our best. And I think it's just maybe that it's just a little bit of lack of awareness when we get a little too involved or a lot in some cases where I go back to that same story about the, this nine-year-old yesterday, one of the moms was like, yeah, this is actually very mild. He's been, there's been instances where he's completely embarrassed the kid, right? Cause loud, I can't believe you swung at that, or I can't believe you threw it that high and that nine years old. Right. And you're just like, your heart's kind of going out to him. I'm like. And it's not like you just go up and say, hey, dude, knock it off. Leave your kid alone. Then he gives you the middle finger and tells you, I'll parent however I want to. So though, though I guess those are the things that I, I haven't with coaching my – I've had a couple of kids that I've coached where the parent was a really big issue, right? And the parent knew it. And I've had kind of private conversations there. And they're, they're like, okay, I see it. They're a little bit more aware, right, of, okay, yeah. I, I see where maybe they gave me an example. I, I can see where I went too far here. And Mike, we talked about because we're wrestling fans as kids growing up, right? We talked about the ultimate warrior, <laughs> right? Sh sharing what we talked about with that. Yeah. So, Ron, I don't know how deep you got into the uh, old school WWF, but Chad and I, it's funny, Chad and I always joke about how even though we're the same age, we grew up in these parallel universes. 450 miles apart, but with some of the same stuff. But the Ultimate Warrior had this, he had this move. He would do, when he pull it down like that, blow it out these big breaths of air. And Chad put that down. He goes, just picture me standing. If you're ever getting heated, just picture me standing me down the third baseline, just doing this to you. <laughs> and I can't tell you, I come in the dugout, I got my hat ready to throw it down. And my wife, also, she runs my dugout when we coach baseball. She's in there running my lineup and getting the boys ready and stuff. Other than that, we have a strict rule, no parents in the dugout. She's the only parent other than like an assistant coach or something. Because 
you know, again, they'll come in there and wreak havoc. But I'll look at her and she'll just be like shaking her head. And then I'll look down the third baseline where I see Chad's spirit when he's just reminding me. And I'm going, yeah, calm down because the kids are watching you. And what's interesting too is learning this stuff and then you start to observe it. And boy, it helps you strategize. When I see coaches falling apart, and I see the other team's parents losing their mind. I can go in and I can tell my kids, I go, look, when you take the field this time, this is how I want you to conduct yourself. I want you to go out there with confidence and act like you own that field out there. It'll stress them out even more. And I, it really, I don't think people realize how much that works against them when they have these big visual, quite frankly, tantrums. And they're, they're acting like literally every pitch is the life or death situation. And, and man, I'll tell you something else that I, I remember hearing a baseball commentator one time and he made a comment about how there was a particular player who's was in a slump. He was only hitting like 205 or something like that, kind of in a slump. And the guy said, you know what though? They'll just keep paying him. That's a real, that's a good slump to be in because he's putting his numbers out on the field and stuff like that. And I remember thinking like, yeah, man, these guys, if they can hit two and a half to three times for every 10 at bats, they'll just keep getting million dollar checks. I can't possibly expect more from a nine-year-old. Mm. So that was a big thing too. But yeah, going back to the old world, just yeah. learning how to really control those emotions. And I, I'd love to sit here and, and lie right to both your faces and tell you that I never, ever get caught throwing my hat on the ground. That's my go-to move, hat on the ground. That's big um, time. Yeah. But I definitely have gotten better where I just hold the bill of it, like calm down. Yeah. Okay. So well, it's, anyway, it's like well, but, you, it's like you you can feel the buildup, right? Yeah. A couple of things have yeah. happened, and you're just like as my best friend, I think you, you could share this. You're like, I'm always on simmer, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm ready. Call, cauldron of hate always on simmer inside <laughs> of me. <laughs> so I'm ready to roll. But yeah, no, it's in that kind of I remember that conversation. It was just, it just popped in my head. Hey, we have this in common. We were huge wrestling fans. Like, mm-hmm. who, who could you manifest? I was like, yeah, you should be your <laughs> ultimate warrior. And instead of because he was doing this to like go crazy and like he's ready to put the guy over his head, and it's like let's use this to calm down, breathe it yeah. out. Like, <laughs> you know, another thing that I I learned too is like going going back like. Kids are already stressed out. You got a kid on the mound. You got a kid at bat. They're already stressed out about it as it is. They're stressed out because they know their mom and dad are watching or maybe grandpa's come down to watch. Or, and they don't want to mess up. And they don't want to be embarrassed in front of their peers and their friends and their teammates and stuff. And if I go do a mound visit, I rarely am out there t- telling – I'm rarely coaching the kid up on, like, his form or his release. I typically walk out there and – take the ball. And we're just, I'm just trying to get a reset out of them. And I'll say things like, Hey man, what, what shows you like on Netflix? Mm-hmm. And the kid will look at me like, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm literally just trying to get their head off of anything, but the game. And we'll just take 45 to 60 seconds. there, just like, and, and it's funny because sometimes you even call the other, you bring your infield into the mound and I will rank, I'll just start pointing at stuff and I'll tell them, I go, listen, don't even look. I'm just pointing because the other team's watching and we want them to make them think we're got some great strategy or something. And I'll be like, have you guys seen that cartoon? Do you guys, have you seen that YouTube channel? And then we, I go, well, Hey man, 
now let's go, let's go get out of this inning, huh? And we go back in and it's just a way of, it's that version of this. Just get everybody to reset, get your head out of what this hole that it's in right now. And nine times out of 10, that quick reset just, it gets everybody back. And every, and I always say, I go, Hey everybody, this is baseball. Hey, heart surgery, smile. We're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. No, it's been fun. And and I really appreciate our conversations we have in regards to, because your mind and memory is so amazing to me with all the, yeah, I remember when you told me this or that, and I'm like, I, I don't remember that. I, oh I'm man, not, I, yeah. I'm definitely a student of the game of coaching. Like I, I, I don't know, man, I believe you do what the smart people do. And if you want to be, if you want to be good at something, then go to somebody who already is doing that and has had success in it and talk to them. That's how you get good at something. I don't tell you what, man, the dad that's sitting in the back chirping at tool strikes. And then that guy wants to come into to the, to the entry of the dugout and go, coach, what you ought to work on is coach. I bought this thing off YouTube or off, off the internet. I got this thing. You should try these drills. I just look at those guys and go, why don't you just go over there and throw strikes, man? That seems to be the only thing you can say. So I rarely listen to those kind of people. I listen to the smart people. Love it. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. It's and it's been cool to see because we we've had instances where we we've gone to Chick Fil A for lunch and and you'll see a a parent I think was working at Chick Fil A and they're like, hey, Coach Mike. Yeah. So, and, and that was from a few years ago, if I'm not under, if I yeah. believe that's correct. And just the influence and the input that you can have, even at the little league or the that rec level, as a coach, as a parent, right? There, there's a cool feeling that kind of I had a little bit of help in that with that feeling, yeah. right? I helped them a little bit, help the kid get through something, and the kid remembers me. You said you yeah. story a few times already. Yeah. So, Ron, you have a son. His name's Jonah. Yes. Mm-hmm. How and how old is he? He's seventeen. He just turned seventeen. Okay. So he's been playing since he's just a little guy. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, since he's been about eight. Yeah. And you pro- so do you ever run into old like kids, old teammates of his that have been on teams that he's played on? Oh yeah. And yeah, oh, and oh. it's you see, you see those kids, and even if they haven't played together in a long time, but they know each other and stuff, and especially if you were any kind of positive influence on them, they will remember you. Mm-hmm. Even if it was six years ago. And it's so funny, a kid that's 10 years old to 17 years old, there's a big change in that kid, right? Oh, yeah. And and you might not recognize them, but they will always recognize you, good or bad. And when it's good and some kid comes up and taps you on the shoulder. I had one. I was at a little convenience store, like in the middle of nowhere, Utah, on our way up to a trip to Salt Lake City. And this kid taps me on the show. He goes, hey, coach. And I turn around. I didn't even know who the kid was. He had grown. He's like, it's me. And he tells me his name. I was like, oh, my gosh. Gives me a big hug. And it's one of those where you're like, man, that just made my day. And again, like Chad said, I'm, we're rec league. Like, we're not, my kids are not, we're not taking trips to Cooperstown. We're not, that's not the level we're at. But the fact that I've made a positive influence on a kid just means the world to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Love it. Love it. I appreciate you guys coming on here. Uh, having me. I can always count on you being here. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike and Ron. I appreciate you guys coming on board here today and, and just sharing kind of your thoughts, ideas there. Uh, we're all trying to do the best we can as parents and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out, am I in the way? Do I need to take a step back? 
Do I need to to be more involved? Sometimes it's rarely more involved unless they're just the parents just not there at all. That might be a case right for that. But I appreciate coming on and hopefully we'll see you next for next call and take care. Have a great day.